0: I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End podcast. Hey.
1: (laughs) Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? (laughs) Who am I? I don't know, is that even a word? Those scarves are awful. Oh, I like
0: them. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of the At End podcast. I'm Kim, and I sound like this.
1: <laughs> and I'm Meg's. <Max. laughs> this one is called Lily's Castles and Love in the Lab. So, one of my favorite pastimes is just wandering the aisles of Value Village. I finally found a replacement that's pandemic friendly. Facebook marketplace and I can just spend all my time and I have been spending all my time there but it's really interesting like how how far secondhand has come like what was secondhand like when you were little do you remember what people thought of it I I don't really
0: know because I feel like I almost wasn't even really aware, like I don't really remember going to Valley village or like similar kind of like thrift stores and stuff when I was a kid. And then I remember in high school, discovering, you know, like Valley village sweaters and like mostly sweaters and sweatshirts and things like that. And it was kind of like a unique thing to be doing. Like I feel like it really hadn't caught on at least in like a way where it was like a positive thing yeah 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 like that it didn't seem to have that kind of like cool positive vibe which like I'm so glad it does now but I still feel like it didn't
1: even when we were in high school yeah I remember that too because like I've always been such a big fan for me it was like a treasure hunt like you get one thing but nobody else is gonna have this and that was already appealing to me as a 14 year old you know like grade nine Going in there, finding some cool vintage Abercrombie and Fitch sweater, being a, Mm -hmm. having a one up in the game and stuff. Yeah, so Facebook Marketplace has been. It feels like I'm just browsing through, and for the first time, I've never sold anything on Facebook Marketplace, and so because we just finished renovating our kitchen, we had our fridge, like, just, like, a regular top freezer fridge, but it's, like, kind of small, mm-hmm. stainless steel, really good condition. Like, when I looked it up, they don't exist anymore, but they had, like, really high reviews when they did, so I don't know why they were discontinued. Anyway, so we put up an ad. I've sold a couple, like, cars for my parents. Like, I have some experience with how places like Kijiji and Facebook marketplace literally bring the strangest types of people to message you and ask questions so I just wanted to share some of the like really like we got a lot of response we got like 12 response and yeah. so within like a few minutes of posting I get two messages both people had the same last name so I don't know if they were partners or like members of the same family but they asked me the exact same question and I, I literally wanted to be like hey and take a the weird- other person <laughs> and be like do you know each <laughs> other like, let me just do it two-for-one like yes it's still a Available. Literally posted it 30 seconds ago, right? So they never got back to me. Then I got a message. What's wrong with it? And I was like... <laughs> actually, they didn't even say what. They said, what wrong? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with the fridge. Nothing wrong with me either. And then... We had posted it for like X amount of dollars and somebody sent us a message and they're like, what price are you looking for? It the- really is painful. Like, <laughs> like sometimes I tried
0: to sell a phone on Facebook Marketplace a couple months ago and I like, you really had to hold out and wait for the right person because like, it was so funny. I would have people, I don't know, it was a pretty recent, like a new-ish iPhone and I just happened to have upgraded. So right. the, um, the phone itself was like... It was like an iPhone ten. It was in great quality, like or an iPhone X, whatever those ones
1: were mm-hmm, called. Mm-hmm. I've lost count. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I had a six. It was the last. one that was like an an X. Okay.
0: And it was like perfect quality. I just like I was fortunate enough to have an upgrade, and I didn't need the phone anymore. And people would message me and be like, like. Send me half the price I was asking for and be like this. This is good, right? And I was like, no. They're bartering. Not. Yeah, like the bartering system. People's approach seems to be, I'm gonna confidently tell you something that you should absolutely not accept, and I'm just gonna hope for the best. Yeah, just to, like,
1: just to because... start, like a bidding more or, Like, what are they? You know, like... I don't know. I must work
0: because I imagine if you were like not confident in like, being able to hold your ground on prices, sure. you might
1: actually like be able to like really lowball. Some... Yeah. and have them just be like yeah okay but somebody asked us if we could deliver they're like when you drop off the fridge because we talked about you know like yeah we can probably deliver it and they're like when you drop off the fridge can you take our old fridge like one kilometer down the street what and i was like no sorry (laughs) i can only like what like you're not a service (laughs) You're facebook marketplace just because well because like this this person was was like you can't move a fridge in a van you need a truck do you have a truck And I was like, okay, what? There's so much to unpackage here. So in the end, my husband, whose family lives like half an hour away from here in the country, their neighbor from basically across the street ended up coming to Waterloo to buy the fridge off of his neighbor's son. Crazy. The small world. But yeah, that was was the most exciting thing in my week. How's your week? been on? Uh well I've been watching
0: a lot of old Love Island reruns. Like like oh, the, yikes. The, the good British way. yeah, yikes is right because like all I want to do is like buy acrylic nails and get a spray tan and call someone a slag. Like that's how much I've been watching <laughs> old Love Island. And it's getting to the like I I'm luckily almost over like finish the season and then I probably need to like call it quits for a while because I like go to bed at night and I'm in this like Love Island coma where I feel like I'm in the villa and like have been for like hours and hours
1: <laughs> and do you uh, feel like you would do well on love island like do you think you got what it you got the chops okay
0: like i like to think i would but i i wouldn't because i don't think i could be that forward on national television um <laughs> and know that it's like just gonna exist for people like me to watch like i'm watching the 2016 season right now oh wow and I'm, okay. like i'm like way back just the thought that like, being one of those people and knowing that it was out there i'd like i like have so much admiration for the people that do it but i don't I don't think I could. You, you couldn't survive. Like I might have to start another season though because it's just like, it's reminding me what it's like to eat and like talk to somebody in real
1: life and I'm like, oh, this well, is it's... what it's like to leave the house. Well, and I mean, right now we can't even leave the house. It's been no. frigid outside. So it's been in like the, the minus tens, I guess, like minus 15, minus 20, which like I feel, it's it's already hard enough to be stuck inside. Well, it feels like we're stuck inside because of the pandemic. Like obviously you can go for walks and stuff, but it's. As as the weather is just so inclement, it really gets Mm -hmm. tough. One of the things that we wanted to talk about today, as so many of us are at home with like partners and with our families and stuff, we wanted to talk about love languages and how we. Being at home with these people, if you're not communicating in the same language, it must be really tough for certain people if they're not taking the time to learn about themselves and like learn about who they're with. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, for anyone who like doesn't know, anyone listening who doesn't know what a love language is, it's basically there's a quiz you can take uh online that I think it's a rating scale. So you rate, you know, on a scale of one to ten how much uh certain things are like important to you. They, they pit
1: them against one another. They'll ask you, would you rather have this? or this
0: right so then at the end of the quiz you get your love languages ranked and there's five in total there's uh words of affirmation so that's like when you feel loved when people tell you nice things about you or like it's speaking then there's quality time which kind of speaks for itself it's just spending spending time together um usually like uninterrupted like you're off your phone there is gifts so like physical gifts like someone bringing you flowers there's touch so hugs cuddles kisses and then the last one what is the
1: last one a deed so it's when you actually like acts of service or did you Mm, mention that already yeah so it's a No, no no you're right when you're doing for someone, you do the dishes for them, or like when you think of what do they have to do, and then you just do it for them. And my mom, yeah, that's my mom. That's so my yeah, mom.
0: like shoveling the driveway or you yeah, know, doing the dishes
1: is a really good example.
0: Every one of us has a little bit of every one of those love languages in us. It's just which ones we, I guess, feel the most and which ones we express in the most. The ones um, that you're
1: communicating in, right? Like that's yeah. it's about communication. Like so, how are you? If I'm trying to convey something to you, what's the best way to get you to understand my intention Mm -hmm. and then to actually, like, go through with that?
0: Yeah. When you know someone else's love language, uh, it can be a lot easier to do something to show them you love them versus on the other side like knowing your own love language is also like allows you to communicate especially in relationships to be able to say like I like I know you did the dishes but like I I need to hear you say that you like care about me or whatever the case may be it just allows you to be more on a- the same
1: page I guess right yeah. yeah and so Kim and I are both we both highly ranked for quality time which I want to note that when you are quality time a big one is undivided attention so you you mentioned like not being on your phone and like for me mm-hmm. that's 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 huge. If I'm talking to you and you like look at something else, then it it upsets me and it like counters you know having a nice conversation if somebody can I tell long stories you know this you have to just (laughs) grin and bear it and not break eye contact (laughs) because I will get (laughs) I don't want if I see you blink once we're done I will get offended
0: (laughs) it's true I I, honestly I agree that's one of my biggest pet peeves when someone's on their phone when I'm trying to like talk to them because it's just like it's the equivalent of playing a like a YouTube video for someone and being like it's so funny and then they don't laugh and you're kind of just like (laughs) well this is this is awful for both of us and I wish I hadn't shown you and like that's how I feel i get the same feeling when i'm t- telling someone a story and they're like looking at their phone i'm like well i don't
1: know why i began this story because you're not listening to yeah me. it's it's not fun watching you text <laughs> so, yeah and then like one of my second highest one is gifts so the giving and receiving of gifts like i love <laughs> i thought you said gifts i was like the like oh, <laughs> no. my love language is
0: memes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yuck could you imagine you're self identifying as like my my language of love is memes. <laughs> is, is internet jokes. Yeah. better yeah no so for me my other one is gifts which like the same way like when I think of somebody who's touch I just assume that it's like a lot of PDA that is one of my lowest ones Mm -hmm. and it's just like ew what do you mean you want to touch all the time you know (laughs) so when I'm like you know bring me like a Starbucks it's not like a super materialistic thing which I think very quickly that's the assumption I think all the love languages have assumptions about them and so when you know yours and you know your partners or even people in your family then you stop making assumptions about that person if somebody is affirmation like so your affirmation that's your second one right
0: no I am words of affirmation as my top one. Oh, that's your top one time is not your okay time is my second but oh. words of affirmation is my top one I definitely think there's assumptions about that as well just in the sense that like it's
1: like superficial someone, almost right like that's how it feels like to me to be like you did a great job if I don't think you did a great job I don't want to tell you you did a great job well, and I think it comes with this like
0: preconception that people that need words of affirmation like need affirmation and reassurance all the time, and like that's definitely like not the case. Oh, for I see. Me. Yeah but when i i have like friend or like family or a relationship like anything like that where you don't know what the other person you don't know where you stand with the other person uh, right. in terms of them actually being able to like verbalize things you know it can go a long way not feeling appreciated whereas just something as simple as oh you're really good at that or like yeah just like that um, little booster. hey i loved yeah. that that thing we did yesterday or i love when we like watched this tv show together like that makes me feel better than anything
1: which is yeah it's so interesting so you know what we'll put the link to the quiz for everybody in the show notes so be sure to check those out after you listen to the podcast and let us know like
0: yeah and i think i think for a lot of people time ranks pretty pretty highly on that list i think it's one of the more like common ones to be really really high yeah
1: my mom's not time at all she's just deeds to the point where she's like Le- oh, really leave me alone <laughs> it's a constant <laughs> thing that she i'll literally call my mom okay so everybody just imagine you know you call your mom what does she say I bet nobody else's mom picks up the phone and says, yo, what do you want? (laughs) I (laughs) think that's an actual thing she says to me while I'm very pregnant during a pandemic. And I was like, how could you be busy right now, mom? Like, how could you not be able to take my call? You know, so that's just a whole different thing. But she's not time. So she's, when we do things for her, then she really, you know feels appreciated she loves that yeah Yeah,
0: yes speaking of ways of like showing love and like communicating love do you remember in university when we did those 36 questions to fall in love oh from the new york times i do (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was looking up some of the like when we started talking about love languages this week i was looking up some of the like story behind it and it was actually pretty interesting and like do you know anything about it like beyond the New York Times article? No, I just
1: kind of remember the one question that I, I'll i just randomly, like, spit out if I've been drinking at a party and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> question number 13, and then I, you know, have it ready to right. go. But no, I don't actually know. It was just something silly we found on Pinterest, I thought. But yeah, there's more to it.
0: So basically, the, it, for anyone who doesn't know, it was a New York Times article published in their Modern Love column in, like, 2015 by Mandy Len. Uh, Katron. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And the article was called to fall in love with anyone do this. It was these 36 questions that had been developed by a professor of psychology at Stony Brook University. His name's Arthur Aaron. In 1977, he became really interested in love and like the science behind love and like what the psychology was behind two people, you know, being able to have those feelings for each other and, like, why it works for some people and doesn't work for others and things like that. And so he conducted a study called the Experimental Generation of Interpersonal Closeness. Oh my god. Which is (laughs) whatever that is. (laughs) Well, it's it's where those 36 questions came from and they've actually since then been used in of studies, which I thought was really interesting, including ones about relationships between the police and communities in areas with high crime rates and things like that. I thought it was really interesting because I didn't really realize it went that far. But basically what he said is like, it was never really intended people to fall in love. It was more about like, how do we create that sense of trust and intimacy between two people that gives space for that emotional barrier to kind of like break down to someone fall in love Right. So do they
1: ever actually like talk about how, I I wonder what the average is that you're falling in love in grade seven it's probably like you know 33 days and (laughs) as you get older it gets longer and then as the age continues to go up that time gets shorter and shorter because you just don't right I feel like if you meet someone at 28 you're much more able to kind of sift through and you're like nope this can't work so yeah that's an interesting yeah
0: yeah. And it was interesting because Mandy, who the woman who wrote the article for the New York Times, she was throughout her article, she was narrating how she was doing this with a not an acquaintance, but like not even like really a friend of hers. Like, it was just a guy she knew. And so they just decided, you know, in a, in a bar one night, they were going to go through and read these 36 questions and like do the study. And it actually the, the actual test ends with you staring into the other person's eyes for four minutes straight,
1: I think. Okay. Um,
0: and that, and it, funnily enough, she actually did fall in love with the guy that she did it with. And they're still together. But she's not sure that it was because of this test. But it might have broken down those barriers. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I thought okay. that was really interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Do you want to... Okay, so I'll ask you one of the questions. Yeah, ask me a question. Okay, so okay. Uh, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about anything about yourself or your life or into the future basically anything else, would you want to know?
0: Oh, that's really hard. I definitely wouldn't want to know about my future or, like, anything about what's going to happen in my life. Because Even I if feel it's, like... like,
1: a specific, like... You will have the KitchenAid double deluxe mixer, You know, like, you don't know See, what it's going to tell but, you. like,
0: that's the thing is, like, I feel like if it's, like, oh, you're going to get all those smeg appliances you wanted, I'd be like, well, that's lame. Like, I wanted something better than that. But if it's, like, this is the person you're going to marry, then right. I'm going to be mad that I know. And if it tells me something terrible, then I'm going to be, like, that's just going to, like, paint everything that I'm doing. But I feel like I wouldn't mind knowing the truth about myself or, like, the truth about what other people see of me because like I think logically, like I'm I feel like I have enough close friends and family members that I'm pretty confident have a good opinion of me. <laughs> That I, don't think crossed. It would, I don't think it would end horribly for me but I know I can be pretty hard on myself sometimes and so I think that that would actually be like kind of like a nice practice to like you know see it's like you know when someone is like so down on themselves and then yeah. you're like you look at them and you're like how could you even think that like you're yeah huh. and so like I feel like that for m- most people would probably be a pretty healthy exercise to be like oh like I want to know how other people view me because I mean even for for better or for worse. It's good to know.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, there's actually a really cool psychological quiz. Maybe we can do that in a future episode where I won't reveal much, but it does help with having a subconscious look at what you think other people think of you. So we'll definitely have to, to, what's that called? Like a, like an ear in the book. What's that? What is that?
0: I don't think that's a phrase. No, it is.
1: It's a, You know, you fold over the corner of the book. What's that called? Oh, like dog ear? Dog ear. Yeah. We'll dog ear it for later.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Sorry. We got there. We got there.
0: (laughs) I thought it was going to be like a, like a, an ear in the book is worth two in the book.
1: (laughs) 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 We've mentioned that I I struggle.
0: Okay, uh, I have one of those questions for you, bringing it back to our university days <laughs> of, of doing these questions while we made dinner in your apartment. Um, so
1: is there, um, <laughs> what, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? So it's interesting because like I have an answer for this now. But when we did this, what the heck did I even say? Because it was like I made it through high school. Do you remember what we said? No and way. I'll tell
0: you? Yeah, I do because we both said the same thing, and I still stand by our answers were exceptional to this. But I will, I
1: will tell you after you answer it. Okay, so I think what I'm from like I had to like Google like good accomplishments. <laughs> 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 that sounds ridiculous. I had to cheat. <laughs> Not that they could, like, spit out, like, hey, don't you remember you did this, you know? Um, but I really, like, I'm, I'm really big on, like, my identity. Like, I feel like um, I got married this past year and I'm pregnant and there's all these different things that are going to be, you know, going mm-hmm. for my identity. So I wanted to pick something that was really, like, me. <laughs> I received my my Master's of Science in integrated Biology in 2019. And that was after, like, four years of working in a lab. I finally convinced the professor that I worked for that it was worth it it on his end to take me as a master's student. He had had a little bit of a, like, grad students are, some grad students are great, some are a little bit more challenging, and he had just kind of finished a bit of a more difficult situation, and so he, for two years, was, was just, like, tough but fair, and Mm -hmm. we were both Eastern (laughs) European, and Oftentimes, he would tell me that there was no way, like, my work ethic wasn't strong enough, or I wasn't, you know, he was just calling me out, and he'd be like, you're superficial, and your knowledge about this, because you quickly glanced over, but you didn't actually, you know, and I'd be like, ugh, okay, (laughs) and so it really pushed me to kind of worked so hard. And right from the beginning, I told him, I won't finish the master's late because typically a lot of people take an extra year. So the master a master's program or a thesis based master's program takes about two years, or it should take um, six semesters. And I got it done in five. So if that's what 24 months, and I got it done in 20 months. So I always told him, I said, not only am I going to finish on time, but I'm going to finish early. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> And I wrote my my thesis on a genus of uh, parasitic plants in the morning glory family. They're called Cuscuta, and it was just to be, you know, completely submerged in the life of academia and and going to conferences. And I, and I won a, a few prizes. I, I won the best uh, poster at a conference in uh, Rochester, Minnesota, and it was just like this. Like I wore my glasses all the time, and I just really felt you know, understood by all the plant people. And then I I got to publish like a paper, like a real paper. So if you guys go on PLOS One, And just want to read what's basically Cyrillic. um, Because I would send it to, like, my mom and my (laughs) sisters. And they're like, oh, good for you. (laughs) And you don't understand the weight of it. (laughs) Diversity and evolution. Value for systematics, identification, exploration of allometric relationships. My paper. So...
0: Yeah, I think it just
1: goes in one ear and out the other. (laughs) It sounds super impressive. (laughs) But I think that was, like, when I finished that, there was... I only cried, like, a couple of times, but when I, when I cried, it was, you know, intense, because here you are being, oh, like... that's a huge accomplishment, just, especially to
0: finish early.
1: I, yeah, right? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't done that much since, but that was... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been... It's been... Uh, a master's is really a challenge and i think yeah i'm very i'm very proud of myself that i did that that's a good answer but i want to know what the heck was my greatest accomplishment in like 2016
0: okay well i don't remember the exact like wording that both of us picked but i do remember we basically said the same thing And I like only really vividly remember this because I've read these questions with a couple other people since then. And I've always like stood by this answer. Um, But we both said that our greatest accomplishment in life was that if you asked someone to describe us, they would probably say kind.
1: Oh, I said that. That's so wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we both said something
0: like to that extent, we did this in university. And I always just thought that that was like, a really good answer to that question and so like it always like stuck in my head as like my answer if anyone ever asked me
1: yeah and I feel like I really that that one was maybe it's when you deal with a lot of people that are really shitty but that was even even in elementary school it was I was kind of determined to you know like to be like a a little waterproof duck when things (laughs) like (laughs) my magical metaphors but like you know ducks are waterproof when there's water it's it is yeah. repelled by their feathers. That's how feathers work. And you know, that's like how I feel like kindness is, is that like you can just you can get soaked, but you're not gonna get wet and you're still gonna be a duck. And you still yeah. you should still be kind. But um, that's so cute. we Yeah, I thought that was cute. We were really cute, honestly. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be our friends in universe. <laughs> we would actually <laughs> so my house, um it was a little bit further away from, like, Kim lived a little bit closer to the campus. And even though I live further away, I loved... I'm, I'm the hostess. You know, that is if, you know, on my tombstone, you can write hostess. Because I really <laughs> enjoy doing you that. almost
0: just made me put bubbly water out of my nose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but just imagine, like, she hosted for the most. But <laughs> I remember... Um, We used to cram, like, there was, and it's funny, because during COVID, now to think of cramming X amount of people anywhere just sounds like a nightmare, but we used to just watch so many rom-coms, just at my house, in my bed, There's like, four or five of us, all girlfriends, you know, and we'd just be laughing, and, and my poor roommates, because not only do you and I laugh loudly, but everybody else we were friends with in university also laughed loudly, and we'd just be watching these movies late at night, and just... Just screaming. I, d- I don't know how to
0: control control my volume at all, which, like, for anyone listening, just know, like, Maggie has to turn my volume down in post-editing <laughs> to make sure that I'm not screaming into the
1: microphone. The yeah, I literally the have to turn myself up. Do you do you prefer, like, a rom-com or an actual romantic movie i think a rom-com i'm like
0: i don't mind an actual romantic movie but like when it gets too cheesy you like you lose me a little bit but yeah no i definitely a rom-com is like more my go-to well yeah
1: so romantic movies in general i'm just like <laughs> like i haven't watched yeah. the only one that that gets me every time and i can only watch it once every like four or five years is p.s i love you because that one is just, mm. just horrific in in just too much but yeah i think rom-coms are
0: a walk to remember i always like to walk that's a good one if you had to pick
1: a a rom-com to be in what would you be in like
0: as in like a rom-com that i'm gonna make my life (laughs) yeah uh probably leap year have you seen leap year i I have. have Yeah, yeah, that's probably my favorite one. Just because, like, I just, I don't know, I just love the premise, and I love him in it being, like, he's just, like, so sarcastic and, like, kind of snarky.
1: Yeah, that's, if um, any, if any of uh, Kim's dream guy is listening, he's got to be exactly like the one from Leap Year, because that's, that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, just watch it, take notes. But,
1: it, she yeah, bakes. I know, I
0: just, like, I love their, like, I love, <laughs> this is, this is a, now a dating segment for me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I just, like, I think it's just really cute movie, um, and, like, I like Amy Adams' character a lot. Yeah, she's just sweet. Just, how high-maintenance she is in it. And, yeah, so if you haven't seen Leap Year, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, Loving I think the Leap luggage, anyone listening.
1: the luggage really gets me in that it, it's...
0: And just, like, him having none of it. I, yeah, it's I, I fun. love that he's just, like, always so over all of her antics, and she's so, like, not gonna change for anybody, that, like, I just find their their little love story
1: really cute. For me, it would be an all-time favorite, would probably be Mamma Mia, because... Oh, yeah, good choice. <laughs> that one came out when we were in grade nine, and that just hit me in my developing years, you know, and that's <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck with me, and and so that's still trying to make it to Greece, everyone.
0: It was funny, when I was living, I lived in Prague, for, uh, for the, anyone who doesn't know, for like a summer a couple of years ago, and... It was like one of the only, Mamma Mia was one of the only like rom-coms on Netflix. And like I had seen Mamma Mia before, but it wasn't really in my like, like top ones. Like I love ABBA. But that movie was never, like, one that I, like, would, like, go for a lot of the time. And I saw it so many times in that one summer because it was just, like, <laughs> one of my only options. That, like, now
1: it just has a special little place in my heart for that reason. Just because, like, made – I was made to love it. <laughs> and, the, and the beauty of Mamma Mia is, so, between my supervising professor that I did my master's with and my dad, who actually saw ABBA live in concert, like, three times, and he would tell me stories, but he knew all the words to ABBA. And so it's such a fun experience to be able to, like, sing these songs with, you know, my my professor that I'm working on, like, a very serious plant thing with, and then my dad, right? So I always... It was always yeah, the beauty I, of those movies is that I... Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, like it brings generations, weirdly, Yeah. the right two generations together. Did you know they, at some point, were
0: trying to do like like a Spice Girls version of Mamma Mia? Not like the same like plotline, obviously, but the same kind of idea where oh, they wow. take the music of the Spice Girls. It was supposed to be called Viva Forever, similar to how Mamma Mia was a live play. first before it was the movie it was
1: supposed to be like a play I think Uh, I'll tell you I have a little confession so when I was okay so because I'm Polish was my first language um when it came to music I was really behind so I knew who the Spice Girls were because like they talk about it at school and stuff but I wasn't really it was everything came a little bit later on music wise Mm -hmm. and I just I have this like really vivid imagination of like still I guess potty training and being on the toilet and my grandma was there with me and I was like I know a Spice Girls song and she was like, oh, yeah? And I was like, spicy, 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 girls, girls, girls. And that was... <laughs> Nailed it. So I've since learned... They yeah. were my
0: first concert.
1: Okay, my first concert was um, Lil Wayne. So... I feel like okay, well, your, that's cool. Yours was better. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Viva Forever, I also just looked up on my phone. It was a musical from 2012 to 2013. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, on that's such a or, that's such a sad. Yeah, didn't it didn't last? But I would have gone to see it. Yeah, I feel like they can. We challenge someone to to do that again. I think it's such a good concept, right? If you can, because that was kind of like that movie with the with the Beatles. I haven't watched that one where, like, across the universe. No, the one where yesterday, yesterday, right? Oh Is my that God, similar? You watch
0: yesterday, it. Uh,
1: no. Okay. I'd say across the well. universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay no <laughs> wrong <laughs> not correct
0: um yeah across the universe is more so i would say like mama mia where it's like a story set to the music right yesterday right. is more about just using the like, music. the music vanishes as does like a lot of other things in pop culture and then he basically, like, he tries to capitalize basically on the fact that, like, nobody knows the Beatles songs, so he can claim them as his own. Right. Um, and he becomes famous off of the Beatles music because he's, like, the only one that remembers, basically. If you haven't seen
1: Yesterday, it's it's a really great movie. I'll have to add it to the to the mix of, of movies, but um, I know last week we didn't have... Um, a name for this, just yet, but right before we started recording this show, basically declared to Kim what we're calling the last segment of our show, and it's gonna be called the the Philomath segment. Kim, do you know what philomath means? I do not. It's someone who greatly enjoys learning and studying.
0: Oh, fun. Is that us. cute?
1: That's us. Yeah. What do you got for me
0: this week? All right. Um. Well, I s- tying into our little like love love story theme of this week. This one's a little bit close to home because it's uh, not too far from Toronto. But do you know the story of Bull Castle? Oh, this is in Canada. No, I don't. No. It's okay. So it's in the Thousand Islands, and it's <gasps> wow. technically not in Canada. It's technically part of New York. Oh but, yuck! Uh, you know how. Half- <laughs> Half of the half of the thousand islands like are owned by the U.S. and Do half. You have five hundred
1: islands. islands?
0: Are, well, I don't know if it's fifty fifty, <laughs> but like basically. Um, the story begins in 1900 with this millionaire, his name was George C. Bolt, and he bought an island called Hart Island. That was part of the Thousand Islands. And you can still visit this island today. You do technically need a passport because you are actually crossing the border to get to it, but if you're in Gananoque, which is not too far from Kingston, Ontario, mm-hmm. you can take a boat cruise there for like the day, and visit this island. And so, you might not know George C. Bolt's name, but you probably know his hotels was the owner of the Waldorf Astoria in New York City oh wow and Rich yeah people. he was a yeah so he was <laughs> he was quite wealthy and basically he spent his summers in the Thousand Islands and he decided he was going to build his dream home and it was going to be this castle in Alexandria Bay and it was a gift and kind of like a like a testimony to the love he had for his wife Louise <sighs> Which is just like so, so sweet. So to give you an idea of this castle, he hired 300 workers from like stonemasons to artists and they were going to help him build this six story, 120 room castle that had Italian gardens. It had tunnels. Not against it. There was a Uh mini castle by the water that served as like the kids' playhouse. (laughs) Okay, that's a
1: little excessive.
0: (laughs) It's, it's beautiful. There are boathouses on a separate island, um, just like kind of How did they get there? away. I think there was like small boats that oh, would okay. shovel them between <laughs> but these ones held like proper sailboats. Oh wow. And so four years into building the property things get pretty heartbreaking because uh, the workers on the island received a telegraph that Louise had died. Um, it was really sudden. Uh, she got sick I think really quickly uh, and she passed away and Bolt with his broken heart lost all desire to return to the island and he never went back again and so he sent a telegraph to say stop, basically stop building drop your tools i'm never coming back and the island was left abandoned it stayed that way half built just kind of left to the be exposed to weather. people would come to island all throughout oh my you gosh. Know, the 1930s the 1940s they would vandalize the property they partied uh-huh. on it on on reddit i even i was on reddit just kind of like reading <laughs> the up deep, on the, history. the deep dark hole yeah, of reddit uh, yeah, yeah i was like i wanted i wanted the like actual information so reddit i read a story of a guy who said he camped there in the 80s it wasn't until 1977 it was bought by the bridge authority Okay. And the Thousand Islands Bridge Authority decided that they were going to restore the castle and preserve the building and the boathouse and restore it with the original blueprints that he had used. So like, if we fast forward a few million dollars later, they're actually still in the process of restoring (gasps) the castle. But it's really, really beautiful. I think the first So I went there a couple years ago. Oh, you actually saw it? Yeah, I've been there because it's not too far from my cottage. So we did it as as a day trip one day. It's funny because if you get up onto the, at least when I went there, which was quite a few years ago now, but the upper floors hadn't been restored yet. The lower floors were finished, you know, furnished. And because a lot of the materials were left, they actually used a lot of the original materials in the restoration. Oh, my gosh. Of the building. Um, A lot of the, like, stonework and stuff like that. But the upper floors were still... You know, you could tell that people had partied in them, had graffitied on the walls. But some of the graffiti was like, Billy was here in 1932. Like, people had been there for so many years that Ooh. almost the graffiti was kind of interesting, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's really cute now. And there's, like, the gardens and all the stonework. There's all these little hidden hearts and stuff in them. Because the island itself
1: is also shaped Stop. like a heart. that's so sweet. I think of, yeah. not to bash, like, husbands of today, but, you know, a castle. Yes. I would say yes to that. And I feel like when I say, "Can you pass me that?" and you're like, (sighs) "Not to call out my husband, but
0: (laughs) builds his wife a 120 room castle." And all I'm asking for
1: is some carbonated water. yeah yeah
0: so I thought that was it's a really sweet story and I think it's one that a lot of people like don't know about and it's like it's pretty close to a Canadian story um but they ha- host weddings there now you can actually get married on the
1: island oh that is really sweet um <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually funny that we just weirdly happened onto these like love related things on this episode so yeah so when I was kind of researching for other things this week I I just like happened. I stumbled upon. Do you remember that website, Stumble Upon?
0: Yeah. yeah oh my god, was that like, was like that's such a throwback I, to sitting in university lectures and like not paying attention.
1: Yeah, that was the the kids of the 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 kids the online learning you you don't even understand how much time you spent on every silly website other than the one that you were supposed to be on or like the powerpoint slides but yeah yeah, the premise of the website was just that like you would just stumble and it would just take you to random websites that were of interest you know you pick out your interests and so that was not good but I stumbled upon um something called uh floriography the language of flowers and it's a means of cryptological communication through the use of arrangement of flowers which basically means that you're you're putting flowers together or how you're speaking to someone so this this became popular in the Victorian era and like talking with flowers is not something new like you have references you know in in the hebrew bible and william shakespeare is is talking about it i know specifically in hamlet there's there's a whole thing about flowers which like yay botany anytime botany is represented in in you know written works or (laughs) in like a cool way i'm like yeah go botany i thought this was really awesome because i think you know when you think of the victorian era you have a lot of especially like england pristine and politeness and posh and pompous. You know, all these P words that kind of go together. And so basically it was a way of communicating those things that you weren't really allowed to talk about. Like, you weren't really allowed to flirt. You weren't really allowed to <laughs> winky face or eggplants. Like, none of that you nonsense. You certainly weren't allowed to go on Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be, a, that'd be a fun little movie of just, like, trying to explain to people, like, what we watch and what we consider entertainment. would. Uh, um, it was just really cool because like I love flowers and it was interesting just to learn when we think of the color yellow, right? So in a lot of Victorian era floreology, yellow is like how to let someone down gently. So <laughs> it's used like so yellow carnation could just be like... Mm-hmm. Not for me.
0: <laughs> I just bring like a, a bouquet of yellow flowers on all my hinge dates. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in just, case. Just on stand on standby.
1: Well, so I love, so I love lilies, but the thing about lilies are when you, one of the big things that bothers me when it comes to flowers and plants and stuff is that sometimes things are called lilies, but they're not in the lily family. So that's, um, do you know what a calla lily is? Yes. Yeah. So calla lilies. Are in the same family actually as um, like Monstera plants that are really big right now, but calla lilies are like beauty, right? So, if you wanted to convey that someone was beautiful, then you'd give them a calla lily, okay? And when I was looking at the lilies in general, there's so many different lilies because it depends on like the color and stuff, but one of my favorite ones, so when the pandemic is finally over. You know, and we can return to some sort of state of, like, go to a restaurant again. Can't wait for that. Everyone's getting a lily of the valley because that is the return of happiness. And I think, could you imagine somebody gives you this flower and, you know, signifying that this is the return, like, you're the return of their happiness. And I was like, you know. (laughs) I I like love
0: when there's like hidden symbolism in things like one of my favorite things to do is look when I'm like really love like a movie I'll look up like the costuming and stuff for it (laughs) and be like oh interesting I um I think it's in like one of the Harry Potters Professor Umbridge in like the fifth one she wears pink throughout the whole movie oh yeah she's the bitchy one right like the
1: one that yes yeah oh she's awful
0: yeah, she's so awful, but as the movie progresses, her the pinks actually get darker in color. <gasps> wow. Um, so like the angrier she gets and like the more like volatile she gets, the deeper the pink turns in her costuming. Um, which I just think is like oh, I just love stuff like that. <laughs>
1: okay, well I have some I so, pulled like, some of my
0: No, I was just gonna say. So this, like, like flowers with symbolism, like that's the way to
1: my heart. Well, if you, so here's one for your hinge dates. Um, If you bring some geraniums, that one is stupidity and folly.
0: Can you imagine? I just sit down with a pot of geraniums. I'm like, I'm just going to sit this here. i like,
1: just in case. <laughs> so then, <laughs> yeah. And then cedar was really, was really nice. And that one was, I live, but for thee, think of me.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What's your favorite flower? Do you know your favorite flower? I don't know if I have a favorite flower. I really like peonies, which I feel like is a, like a cliche answer, but... I'm not a – there's no one flower in particular
1: that I would, like, love. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, a peony, um, happy marriage, prosperity, and bashfulness. Yeah, I think, though, it was just, like, such a fun – I can just imagine making assortments. And, like, another weird thing that I didn't know about during the Victorian era is, like, everything stunk. Everything was stinky and it was gross because just – imagine not really have toilets yet you know toilet paper not a thing yeah showering bathing general hygiene no tata harper skincare (laughs) you know but so they used to carry around bouquets of like herbs and they would just keep it in their faces
0: cute i love that i mean keep keep that in mind if i ever have to send a guy flowers (laughs)
1: concludes our uh, lilies, castles, and love in the lab. Thanks for joining in. Bye! Bye!